0: Everybody, this is Tim Davis and this is the podcast Think Global. And Think Global, uh what we're all about is the world is our home where strangers become friends and friends become family and this is for the month of May. And I'm joined today with my good buddy and co-host
1: Jonathan. Did you forget my name? No, dude. Oh, okay. Well, it's so good to be back. All right. This man. is fun. Yeah, it's good to be back again. I say that Um, every time. I need a new line. Like
0: what? I don't know. I'll think of something for June, but it's good to be here with you. All right. Yeah, it's always good to be together. We have a lot of fun here. And uh, we love connecting with you guys on this uh, podcast, whether uh, whether you're simply listening to the audio or if you're watching us on video. Uh, Thanks for being a part of it. We have a lot of fun here. And uh, I think we have some uh, incredibly uh, fun people who have been on... Our podcast recently, John.
1: It's been a blast. So we are we just launched season two. We we kind of took a month off, and now we started season two, and we're in part two of season two of this series that we're doing on what community looks like around the world. So we had a great guest last month. If you missed it, you should go back and watch it or listen yeah. to it. But we had a friend of ours who has lived in China for yeah. many, many, many years, and she kind of opened the window or the door up to us of what it looks like for people to live in community in China. It was I thought it was a great conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, and the whole point is, is that people catch a glimpse of what the rest of the world is like, and yeah. this is fun for families to listen to. It's fun for individuals. It's again, it's taking um, people who primarily live in North America, and um, and give them a glimpse through the eyes of others, the world in which we live. I mean. This is our home. Uh, planet earth is our home and it's, uh, it's where we live and it's where, where we meet people. Uh, and though a stranger, the potential is a friendship and a friendship leads, leads to a, what's more of a family relationship. And so that's what we're about. And so we want to learn. We want to, um, we want to grow because of it. We wanted to uh, expand our horizons. And today we're going to Iraq.
1: I'm so excited. That is one of my favorite. Places. And people ask me because pre COVID, we would travel a lot. Like, you know, what's your favorite place? Yeah. And I learned because I started to visit Iraq on a regular basis, I've learned and I started to say, that's my favorite place.
0: Oh, yeah. Put me on a plane today. I'll go back there. Yeah, and a lot of it's it's the people there, right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, hundred percent. And they're hospitable. There's so much going on there. Uh, by the way, uh, do a little uh, research on this, folks. But uh, Iraq, seven thousand years of history, ancient Babylon is in that place. Um, so many beginnings of c- civilization took place there. Um, you know, the the laws of Hammurabi, boom, from that part of the world where the legal code began. Um, And ancient Nineveh, Mosul today, which, you know, back a few years ago, that was always in the news. Uh, And, and, you know, the tragedy is, is that a lot of what we see on Iraq is just the the negative, the pain, the hurt, um, uh, war that continues. Um, But there has been an incredible history there. The people are incredible. And so, that's some of the reasons why we love Iraq. So let's let's talk about today. What are we doing today, John?
1: We're going to talk to a friend of ours who lives in northern Iraq, specifically the Kurdistan region. And so uh, we've invited our friend Jess to join us today. Jess, well, there you are. How are you doing? There you are.
2: Hey, I'm good. How are you guys?
1: We're doing well. We're great. And so it's uh, the evening there. So we're going to respect your time a little bit uh, today. And it's also in the middle of Ramadan. So yes. how's, how's that going?
2: Yeah, it's been going really well. Uh it is interesting the way that it changes just the way life moves here, the pace, the <laughs> times in which you hang out with people, but breaking fast with people and the conversations it opens up about fasting has yeah. been really wonderful.
0: Yeah. And uh so you mm-hmm. ate already because I see in the background the sun has set, right? Yes, it uh, has. So you broke fast and you know, I've been in that part of the world during those times of the year. And man, it is a feast. That takes place when the sun sets. It's a party. It's a party. So people get together and that's really super cool. So let's talk with Jess today, a good friend of ours, uh, been living. I tell you what, Jess, just, I mean, you're you're living in Kurdistan and it's unique. You know, it's in the Northern part of Iraq. Maybe you can just tell us real quick, a little bit about Kurdistan and how long you've lived there. And um, because not everybody is aware of who the Kurds are, who are very special people. Yeah. Anyway, just give us a little bit of background to that.
2: Yeah, so I've been in Kurdistan for a little over a year and a half now. Um, And Kurdistan is a region, a small region within northern Iraq. And the Kurds, while there's a lot of similarities to Iraqi Arabs, there's also a lot of differences. Um, I think Kurdish culture is just so beautiful. There's also this saying that Kurds have no friends but the mountains they've been betrayed hmm. time and time again hmm. um and they look up and their their only friend that they have is the mountains wow. uh and so i think it's it's really I mean, it hits you hard to hear their stories, to hear where they've come from, to hear what they've lived, and then to sit there and be like, but I'm your friend. Mm. I am here for you and I'm not going anywhere mm. uh, is really special.
0: Wow. That is very cool. Mm. Um, and you know, uh, for people, they should do a little, if you're curious about the courage, you ought to do a little bit of historical research. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, under the regime of Saddam Hussein, it was, they were a targeted people and, um, and many of them lost their lives during that uh, that era. So it's just something to look at. It's very fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. A very rich history. Uh, the Kurds are very special people. there's, so, you know, there's a really
1: <clears throat> there's a really good uh, book that I read a couple of years ago uh, that was helpful to kind of opening my eyes to the the life of the Kurds and kind of some of the history. But anyway, it's called The Miracle of the Kurds" by a guy named Stephen Mansfield. So um, Jess, would you recommend that book? I just threw it out there and you might say that was like a terrible book, but what do you think?
2: I haven't actually read the book. I read a lot of excerpts from it and okay. I know a lot of people read it and say good things. <laughs> okay,
1: it's a fantastic book. So yeah. I've um, read it too. It's a good book. Okay, we're going to yeah. put it in the show notes so you don't have to remember that. much. Right. anyway, that's, but that's, if you want more, that's an easy read that you could just read on a vacation or something. And anyway,
0: so, yeah. all right. Moving on. All right. So, let's ask some questions of Jess. Jess, like uh, when you think of community, like what it means to, uh, you know, sometimes we're surrounded by a team of individuals, but there is also, there, there's a difference, you know, of community and, and life in community and, uh, you know, family and community, you know, just like impressions of community and how they express community. Um, give us some ideas on what it's like to live in Kurdistan.
2: Mm. Yeah, when I was listening to Brooke talk about China and the way that it's very much an outside community, my immediately thought my immediate thought was that is the opposite here, mm. uh, at least for women. And I think I think into it later there's a lot of contrast there. But I think at least for women, you meet a lot of people out and about, like. I met a woman a few weeks ago who started talking to me because she wanted to tell me I was buying the wrong rice (laughs) and I needed to buy a better brand of rice. (laughs) And so there's a lot of... or One of my closest friends, I met her while walking through a park um, and she immediately invited me over to her home. So there's this meeting people out and about that happens. But anytime you're actually gathering with people, it happens... Inside, So men might go out to tea shops at night, but community for women almost always happens in the home. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of sitting on the floor and drinking tea. And sometimes it's so loud and chaotic that you can actually hear yourself think, uh, let alone try to speak Kurdish in the midst of it. But then sometimes it's just sitting in silence with people and being content, not saying anything at all and just enjoying each other's presence. So I'd say we don't go out and do a whole lot of things. We just sit and hang out and eat large amounts of food (laughs) and drink far too much tea for how late at night it is. Mm. Um, Yeah. And also I think in community here, you don't, once you're friends with somebody, you don't often get invited over. Uh, You just show up unannounced, which I think initially was a hard thing for me to get over, especially Being very Midwestern, the idea of just showing up at somebody's house was completely beyond me. But I think it's really beautiful now to know that I can just show up there and there will always be food and tea and company there, no matter what time of day or night I show up.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things, you know, as we travel there, we've noticed that is that, you know, a lot of uh, tea shops filled with men. No women. Uh, And you're right. The women are meeting together in homes, kitchens, living rooms, et cetera. But I love what you said. And I think it from that I draw an immediate principle. Again, as we listen, this is not like we didn't practice this, but it's that idea of uh, patient presence. Mm. Like she talked mm-hmm. about, you know, the presence that they have and, and no one's in a rush when in that context. So, you know, one of the things that we're, we're wired for is like, we just don't want to hang out too long. I mean, th- that patient presence. That's mm-hmm. why we have fast food. You know, that's why people, you know, you go to a restaurant and you got to get out because someone else has got to come in. And, mm-hmm. and there's that lack mm-hmm. of patience of just being present with each other. And so that's, it seems like that's a, um, uh, Jess, a lesson from that community is that patient presence mm-hmm. of just being with others, right?
2: Definitely. Yeah, it is a lot of just sitting and being content, not going anywhere, and just being with people. Yeah,
0: yeah. and obviously there's there are the differences because, uh, you know, the gender roles there, and, yeah. you know, men being in a tea shop, uh, and I'm sure, um, you know, uh, the The desire for the women to say like, come on, go to your tea shop so we can have some fun and we can be hanging out. In fact, I read it, that book, the poet of Baghdad mm. of like, come on, let's get dad and husband out of the way so that yeah. we can have family time a little bit here with friends. So anyway, very interesting. All yeah.
1: Right. You know, what are some things as you've been a part of community and you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but what are some things that you've really appreciated about it? And maybe it is that just that spontaneity of stopping by or people stopping by your place, if that happens, but what are some things that you've grown to really appreciate that you didn't have as, as community being a Midwestern or, or wherever? What are some things that you like about the community there? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I love just the immediate love and hospitality that is shown here. You do not have to know somebody well to be Like we can be walking down the street Mm. and somebody we don't know is standing outside of their house and they will try to get us to come in and have tea. And the thought that, no, we have somewhere to be is (laughs) not often a good enough excuse, but it's just this immediate hospitality and Mm. families will call me like daughter or sister Mm. very early on in the relationship and really show that in their actions, Mm. uh, which is so beautiful. I also... As we're gathering with people, whether I'm with girlfriends or families, the way that they show affection, I think is really nice. Uh, if I'm walking through the market with a friend, it's often hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and I think guys will do that yes. a lot with their friends as well. And I just think that's a really beautiful picture of love. Yeah. Right. Uh,
0: and community. Yeah. So, we've naturally, maybe it's not naturally, maybe it's uh, unnaturally, we've created distance between us. You know, there, there is that sense of distance and fear and what would that convey? But, uh, she's exactly right. Yeah. Like, when we've traveled there, you know, physical um, affection, you know, between the same gender, like, you yeah. know, a man to put his arm around us as two dudes, that's that's mm-hmm. all good. Or hold our hands as we're walking through the market. It's a sign of friendship. And so, yeah. we've seen that often when we've traveled mm-hmm. to that part of the world where that is just a, a, a way of showing friendship and a closeness. And that, and that's something that I think we've lost. Yeah. And we miss out on. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, even the
0: The extreme is like is the uh, the
1: greeting of a kiss, right? Right, and, right? and like on both cheeks, and right. which is commonest places in Europe, but but in Iraq and that part of the world, like it's they're really happy to see you, and they a kiss on both right, cheeks, right, multiple times, back and forth, back and forth. Right. you know, they're anyway. I just love that, and and I always come back thinking, gosh, I wish that was part of our culture oh, yeah. here, you know, right? Because you feel so good about those friends that you're with, like it really. You feel like you're part of their world, right. yeah. When you were talking, what I was thinking was, um, your acceptance in the community is not earned, right? Like you don't have to earn anything. <laughs> they just bring you in right away, and right. and I don't think it's because you have anything necessarily to offer that they want from you either. It's just, that's just how they are. That's
0: their hospitality. And I think that's what people probably miss out on here is that, uh, you know, again, their perceptions of Iraq are not that. Yeah. But, but here, you know, Jess, obviously uh, she's a foreigner in, um, in Iraq and yet she's accepted with hospitality. By the way, it's kind of humorous. Hmm. Uh, You know, the, the kisses on the cheek. Yeah. Like, you know, some places it's three times other places it's more, uh I, I, I remember just like the, the, the foolishness to say like, okay, I got to make sure I kiss at least the right amount of times, not one less, not one more, because I have no idea what that conveys. So anyway. I just let them lead. Like, I know. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a dance. Yeah, that's like a dance. Lead. You just respond every <laughs> yeah. time.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, hey, Jess, tell me about this. like um, One of the first times I went to Kurdistan, like I, it kind of blew me away, something I saw. Uh, The sun was setting, and I don't know if it was Ramadan or what, it might have been. And I was with, in fact, a good friend of yours who happens to live uh, in a city near you. And uh, as we're driving along, um, there are fires lit, little like fires for Mm -hmm. cooking or for warmth, etc. And, you know... um, all the way down the freeway in the evening and the little fires and families gathered around and there's dancing taking place mm-hmm. and they're eating. And it's, I mean, is that something you see in Kurdistan? I mean, I'm, I'm remembering that correctly. Am, am I not?
2: Yes, definitely. Especially in the, the warmer weather times here or during the Nauru's holiday, which just happened. Mm-hmm. Picnicking is very much a part of Kurdish culture. It's, every friday you're expecting to go out with a family for the whole day it's not just oh we're going to go eat some sandwiches for an hour yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole day from breakfast to lunch to your dancing for the afternoon or wow. sitting there and playing dominoes and then you end with a fire at night and wow. cooking meat over the fire and wow. yeah it's it's incredible
0: yeah see now that sounds fun that sounds amazing actually i yeah. mean that, that that would be enjoyable and and to see that it blew me away it was like Wow. I, I, for, my impression was, these people like each other. Mm-hmm. They value being together. Family is a big deal. I mean, actually, that was, to me, I, I can't forget that image that I, that I had in my mind from that time.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it would serve our culture well to adopt some of this mentality of uninterrupted time together. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. There's nowhere else I need to be. Um And that... We don't do well with that. We we do well with okay. I got an hour. What, what can we do in the next yeah. hour? Let let's let's have lunch. Let's have coffee. Right. Let's, you know whatever. But in in that culture, it's it's all day, like yeah. you're saying, or it's all evening, mm-hmm. and it's a, a lifestyle. Yeah, It's a yeah, lifestyle. Yeah. I love that. What, what has that been a challenge for you? A, adapting from like you said, the kind of this Midwestern idea of what it's like to have friends. Has that been a challenge? What's that or what's that been like?
2: Yeah, it has been a bit of a challenge. I think just to get used to the fact that things don't have to be planned. And I liked, I think you guys were talking in the last one about this idea of planning time that can be spontaneous or like intentional spontaneity. And so I know that if I leave days open for those things, it doesn't really matter who I'm doing it with or who's going to call me or who I'm going to go show up with, but knowing that I want to leave specific time for that and that it's not just, meeting a friend for an hour for coffee. Sometimes it's that, but more often than not, it's a much longer uh, time with people.
0: Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, um, mm-hmm. uh, Jess, uh, I don't know if this is where we want to land the plane or not, but I've got a, I've got a question. Mm-hmm. Now You got to think about this um, <laughs> because it was not a question we sent you. Uh, but let's think about this 10 years from now or mm-hmm. 30 years from now, because I know you're a young lady and 30 years from now, you're somewhere on planet earth and you're looking back at your time in Northern Iraq and Kurdistan and you, and you think about community and you can think about people and you think about friendships and names of those people. Like how would you reflect on what you've experienced thus far? Like the feelings, the, that community, that, those friendships, I mean, obviously it's going to change over the next year, but I mean, like, you know, when you think of sitting on a rocking chair one day and the sun is setting, and you're you're, you're telling someone about your time there, how would you describe that?
2: Hmm. That's a really good question. I love that. I think what comes to mind is uh, about a month ago. Uh, we were maybe two months ago. I was piled into a friend's living room with. So many people. There were you could barely even sit and were so piled in with people all surrounding this tiny little uh space heater in the middle, um, with knocking over tea glasses because there's so many piled in. And at one point, I mean, it's it's chaotic, and a lot of times that can wear on me, but a lot of times just it really gives me life. And at one point I sat back a little bit and stopped talking to the people around me and just kind of looked at it from more of a, an aerial perspective. And I thought these are the nights that I'm going to look back on someday and be like this. I miss this. I miss those moments um, of just, and that night I didn't plan for, I had my, I had my night planned out. I was going to have a nice evening at home. And then people showed up at my door and said, come. So I decided to go. And I think just, yeah, time spent just in really beautiful, unplanned, but intentional community without agenda, without worrying about what you have to do next. I think just... Mm -hmm being with people those those are the times that I think I'll cherish the most yeah. and look back on with the fondest memories
0: yeah that's awesome to hear mm-hmm. wow. hey so um yeah and I think too this will help us as well um so you know this this podcast is think global where the world is our home so actually you're living in your home right there in Kurdistan <laughs> uh, that's you're currently that's you know where you lay your head is where your home is right and um um you know for those who maybe never left this country or the country where they're listening to this from um or those who just have a smaller perspective uh, because again limited in in their experiences you know like just you know finally like you know tell us i we we know that it's there's there's so many you know good things bad things challenges opportunities just say, you know, just like, what is it you love about the Kurdish people? What is it you love about that part of the country? What is it that if 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 somebody's sitting out there saying, man, I, I need to visit someplace in the world and they hear you say this, they'd say, I want to go to Kurdistan. Like, you know, what? how would you describe what you feel, what you mm-hmm. enjoy, what you love about the people there?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think people do look at Iraq, as you guys said, as this place Of this war-torn place that isn't safe to be in and that was definitely a reaction I was met with when I told people I was coming here and then I got here and I had At least initially like no culture shock. Um, I think it just all happened so easily and I think it's just because of the way that people Embrace you here and love on you and want you to be a part of their family and I think when people will sometimes say like, Oh, what you're doing is so hard or that's a sacrifice or whatever it is. It doesn't feel that way. Honestly, half the time, I think life here feels easier than life in the States um, and just so much more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that comes with having to just be open to wherever, like you just have to be along for the ride in a lot of ways and not get too stuck in your own ways and be open for, for changes and, uh, spontaneity and different things. But I just think stepping out to a place like this can change you in a lot of ways and in a lot of really good ways. And you're just met with a lot of really beautiful people yeah. that love you really well.
0: Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Beautiful mm-hmm. people who love well. I know. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think I, I want to use mm-hmm. that sometime. Yeah. I a- mean, that's that's who we want to be. We want to be that kind of a person uh, that we would be described as beautiful yeah. And they loved well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and you know, that's a descriptor of even the takeaway I get when I visit that part of the world is I come back and I want to be a more hospitable, more loving person because of how I was treated while I was there. And so I'm glad you get to partake in that and and experience that
0: because it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, Jess, listen. Thank you for uh, spending this time with us, and thanks for sharing a part of your life with us. Mm. Um, man, we are proud of you. We're proud to know you. Um, we're humbled by you, and the fact that you've embraced another culture and different is just different. That's all it is for you. And um, you know, a lot of us would look at you and say, "What a pioneer! What an adventurer!" And you would say, "No, I'm just normal." And I am. Um, I am moved and touched by your humility. Um, And uh, we just, we uh, hope for the best for you and that the days ahead will be incredible days for you and that your friendships become uh, lifelong Mm -hmm. eternal friendships that really matter. Mm -hmm. So, uh, man, we applaud you you from here. So, thank you so much, Jess. I don't know if you have anything else to say to us, but boy, this has been fun to, uh, to meet with you.
2: Oh, it's been so great. Thank you guys so much for asking good questions. Okay. It's been really wonderful.
0: All right. <laughs> thanks, Jess. Well, we, with that, John, we hope people's eyes of the rest of the world, one place specifically, Kurdistan, would be that uh, this has been helpful to them. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a reminder to me of how
1: much I love that place and yeah. love the people there and what community it looks like in yeah. another part of the world. Anyway, I just love it. So, yeah, thanks to Jess. Thanks for... Helping to facilitate the conversation. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you are Jonathan, Jonathan Smith (laughs) and I'm Tim Davis and we're signing off. And Jess, again, thank you for being with us. All the best. This is think global where the world is our home and where strangers become friends and friends become family. We will be back with you again uh, in June when our next podcast will drop. Until then, all the best.